0: from the Cradle of Liberty in Philadelphia. Like All the way to the rhythm and blues of Beale Street in Memphis. To high atop the Wasatch Mountains in Utah. This is where politically correct perception meets common sense. This is the Joe Carey Show.
1: And we have exciting news. Bill de Blasio, the uh, liberal progressive mayor of New York City, has announced, I think he's what, the 23rd or or 24th Democrat, to announce that he is running for president. He has made it official. But it's great. I don't know if he's, I think it was last week, you know, he did that uh, pre-announcement speech and he went to Trump Tower and it was supposed to be outside, but he couldn't do it outside, I I believe because of the weather. So he, he went inside and made the announcement. And then like the people in Trump Tower started playing like loud music over their intercom system so nobody could hear what he was saying. And then he's, he's getting ready to make his big presidential announcement, and a 17-year-old, uh, I believe it was in St. Louis, scoops, you know, CNN, Fox, they scoop them all. This 17-year-old makes the big announcement ahead of time because he was reading local dispatches from uh, one of the local papers, I believe it was uh, in Iowa. And you've got to love it when, you know, the the big media types say, you know, no, we're media, we're different than bloggers, you know, we're professionals, we're the journalists, and, you know, some kid sitting at his computer, he's not a real journalist. Yeah, well, that kid sitting at his computer, he just scooped uh, the New York Times, the Washington Post, and and everybody else in the, quote, real media. But listen to this. So Bill de Blasio, and and if— You have to ask yourself, why? Why are all these Democrats jumping into the pool knowing that they don't have a chance, knowing that they can't win? They just did a poll in New York City. Listen to this. In the university poll, it was released in April, only 18 percent. Of the city's voters, these are people living in the city that uh, de Blasio governs. Only 17% thought he should run for president. 76% said he shouldn't. Well, Joe, they were just asking the conservatives, have you been to New York City? Uh, they're just asking the Republicans, have you been to New York City? Uh, the individuals interviewed were uniform across political parties, gender, race, age, age and which borough they live in. So this was a good cross-section. 76% of the people said Bill de Blasio shouldn't run. And the people in New York City don't think he's doing a great job running the city. Look, I think being the mayor of a big city, especially one as diverse as New York City, and, and there, there is something unique about the city. There, there's a certain power, a certain energy, a certain... Um, Uh, Brightness to that city Like it works Everything there says it shouldn't, right? You have people coming in from all over the world New immigrants with old money You have people speaking You think of the language They speak it in New York City The old, the young But that city, when it's at its best It works And it shines It, It is absolutely Amazing. So, yeah, if de Blasio was hitting the home run, yeah, that would be a feather in his cap, but the problem is he's not. Crime is up, school grades are down. But I think the biggest thing with the Blasio was just another hypocrite from the progressive side of the party, right? He came out last week and he did this big announcement in front of Trump Tower. You know, climate change, we've got to fight it, we've got to attack it. It is the crisis of our lifetime. And somebody said, well, wait a second, Mayor, you go to the gym almost daily, but you don't go to the, you know, a gymnasium. You don't go to a gym within a stone's throw of where you work. You drive all the way to a borough in your SUV, in your entourage, and you work out there. You know what his response was? Well, I need to be close to my constituents. Now, wait a second. If the earth is going to end in seven days, I mean, whatever the Democrats are saying now, they're all over the map, but if the, if the earth is going to end in 12 years or seven days, wouldn't you think, you know what, I, I, I better work out closer to home? Why am I driving my SUV all the way to a borough when I could just walk across the street to a, you know, To a Gold's Gym or a Planet Fitness. What's the big one here in Utah? Is it Vaza? Vaza Gym? And that's what, I think that's what infuriates people when they see that double standard, when they see that hypocrisy. They're just like, yeah, this doesn't make any sense to me. But America's cities are in trouble. Listen to this article. America's 10 largest cities, largely Democrat strongholds, are drowning in municipal debt. The two cities with the highest burden? Chicago and New York City. Bill de Blasio City and Rahm Emanuel City. Listen to this. Chicago's combined taxpayer burden. So if you live in Chicago and you add up all the taxes and all the responsibilities you have to the retirees in that city, your individual responsibility is $119,000. If you live in New York City, it's 85000 Los Angeles, $56,000. Philadelphia, 50000 50, Not only are they Democrat cities, they're all sanctuary cities. These are all cities that have said, you know what, you can come here and you can be safe. These cities can't even protect their own citizens. They can't protect their own residents. How are they going to protect people that are coming into the city? And the reason why these big cities, don't kid yourself, it's not a labor of love. When you see one of these big city mayors saying, hey, we're going to welcome the immigrants... It's because these cities are dying. These cities are hurting. These cities are dying. They need new blood. The people that can afford to leave, they're leaving. They're not sticking around because these problems are even Bill de Blasio doesn't want to stick around. He's the mayor. It's like this. I'm out of here. He can't leave on a high note. He can't leave and say, look what I've accomplished. Look what I've done. I'm moving on to to the next best thing. No, he's running from a burning building. He's running from a ship that's sinking. And he doesn't want his fingerprints on it. Like, look at Cory Booker. He used to be the mayor. And one of his great accomplishments was he really fought hard for... um, private schools and charter schools, but the progressive party has taken over the Democrat party. So Cory Booker can't even run on what I think is one of his greatest singular accomplishments, which was, I'm going to take on the teachers union. I'm going to break the, you know, the, uh, the monopoly power of the teachers union. I'm going to let charter schools and private schools in. He won't even talk about that on the campaign trail. And the problem is, when you have people saddled with this kind of debt, the the question becomes, where is this money going to come from, right? How are they going to satisfy this debt? And the answer is, they won't. They can't. Because they don't have the political will, and they don't have the political leadership. And just like the citizens, if you can, you get out. And Bill de Blasio is living proof of that. The other thing I want to talk about, which is really big news, and you're not going to find this on the mainstream media. They're playing it down. Oh, we're going to investigate the investigators. Like, that's a bad thing. That's a good thing. When there was local corruption in the local police force or the sheriff's office, you would bring in the feds, and the feds would come in, and they would do a thorough investigation. They would clean shop, typically install new leadership, and then they would move on. Well, now the question becomes, okay, well, the feds are doing that to the local and state investigative and police authorities. Who's doing it to them? So Bill Barr, the attorney general, he announces, you know what, we're going to start investigating. Democrats almost uniformly, no, 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 you can't do that. You know, why would you want to investigate the investigators? Why? Because power corrupts. That's not a Democrat principle. That's not a Republican principle. It doesn't apply to one political group and not another. That's a universal principle. You put somebody in power long enough, without sufficient oversight, over time, there is a corrosive power that takes effect. And now just the announcement, just the announcement that they're going to investigate the investigators, and they've appointed a a, a prosecutor in Connecticut to look into it. Already you're seeing cracks on the other side, right? You had William Brennan at the CIA. You have James Comey. You have the director of national intelligence, James Clapper. All of a sudden they're pointing fingers at each other. They're petrified and they're afraid. We'll have that story right after this break. Also, stay tuned. Later on in the show, we're going to talk about um, a disturbing video out of Russia about an airplane that uh, the autopilot wouldn't work and how the pilots were unable to respond to that. We'll be back with more right after this break.
2: Oh my gut! We need to talk about something: constipation, abdominal pain, and bloating. You tell yourself well, it's not that bad. You take laxatives and modify your diet and exercise routine. But thinking about it all the time is frustrating. This doesn't have to define you. If your constipation comes back again and again, and you don't know why, then it may be time to seek help. Go to ohmygut.info where you can learn more about your symptoms and get to know your gut. That's ohmygut.info. Ohmygut.info.
0: This is Shell Rotella Gas Truck. This is truck oil. This is hunting, fishing, camping way off the grid oil. This is climbing mountains in the rain, snow, and mud oil. This is hauling the world's greatest tailgate party halfway across the country, oil. This is not top-down cruising to the corner store for cupcakes oil. This is Shell Rotella Gas Truck, just for your truck and SUV, oil. Find Shell Rotella Gas Truck at your local Advance Auto Parts today.
1: Has your health care become a burden? Are you tired of worrying about being stuck for another year and concerned about what your options are? Liberty Health Share is the solution. Open enrollment is here and this is your chance to free yourself from insurance. Take this opportunity and join Liberty Health Share. You will be in control and you will have the freedom over your health care decisions. Liberty Health Share offers an open network, which means you choose your doctors and you choose your hospitals, not the the government and not the insurance companies. Liberty HealthShare offers freedom from insurance, meaning there are no tax penalties. It's easy to change. Just call Liberty HealthShare today at 855-585-4237. That's 855-585-4237 or visit their website at libertyhealthshare.org. That's libertyhealthshare.org.
3: Let's think about customization
1: presented by Liberty Mutual Insurance. Liberty Mutual customizes your auto insurance, so you only pay for what you need. So why aren't more things in life customizable? Why isn't a burger cheaper when you ask for no onions? I don't want them. So shouldn't you deduct the price of the onions, right?
0: Otherwise, I'm paying for the onions, but I'm not receiving any onions. Go to LibertyMutual.com for a customized quote and you could save.
2: Liberty, 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 Liberty.
3: Coverage is underwritten by Liberty Mutual Insurance Company and affiliates. Equal housing insurer.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Joe Carey Show. We're going to talk about the, uh, the James Comey and... Uh, James Clapper and uh, Brennan, uh, the trifecta of the intelligence community who I believe worked overtime in politicizing the those agencies and taking them away from uh, their real responsibility and their uh, real oversight. Um, but, you know, I, I want to touch base, first of all, on this, uh, this true palpable, like you can feel it, the hatred that the progressive left has for Donald Trump. And remember, if he were ineffective, you wouldn't see that. Right? They didn't have it for George W. Bush because George W. Bush wasn't very effective at at a lot of the conservative agenda. And Donald Trump is on the receiving end of this because he's unabashedly conservative and he's promoting a conservative agenda. Was it Alabama that just passed the uh, the pro-life bill? No abortions and no exceptions. For uh, rape or incest. Missouri, I believe, just passed one very similar today. And because of what Donald Trump has done to the federal judiciary, because of his appointments, remember, 10% of all federal judges are now Trump appointees. 20% of all appellate federal judges are Trump appointees. And two of the nine on the Supreme Court are Trump appointees. And Trump isn't going for the uh, you know the milk toast kind of wishy washy squishy Republicans. He's identifying true conservatives. And does that mean they vote you know the conservative line all the time? No. It means they're going to look at the Constitution and say, "What does the Constitution require?" But I will tell you, the the not only the quantity but the caliber of these appointments. is something that the conservative side of the political spectrum has been waiting for for a very, very long time. So the left is petrified at at what this means for Roe versus Wade, right? As this case works its way up. But I would urge you, don't look at this through a political lens. Look at this through, is it right or wrong? Is this moral or immoral? That's the lens that that life should be. That's the prism that should be employed. Politicians would love to have you view this through a political lens. They can raise money off of it. They can pit group A against group B. And I think one of the reasons, one of the reasons we are seeing this uh, this movement away from the um, the pro abortion side is technology. People can look at the ultrasounds. We can see the development of the child, of the baby, much earlier than ever before. And it's hard to say, oh, that's not life. So the left is now arguing, well, it's life, but it doesn't matter. We have to make sure that that argument never carries the day. 801-331-8113 if you want to join the show. 801-331-8113. The other issue that Donald Trump has been at the tip of the spear on is uh, pro-Second Amendment issues. And listen to this article. President Trump has signed an executive memorandum officially notifying the United Nations that the United States was withdrawing its support for United Nations-backed treaty former Secretary of State John Kerry signed in 2013. With this unsigning of a treaty document, Trump sent a clear, unambiguous, and long overdue signal to the domestic and international gun control movement. The message back off. In his signing document, Trump drove a stake into the heart of the arms trade treaty. Uh, The left uh, responded, as they typically do, New Jersey's Bob Menendez, ranking Democrat on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, said that uh, this was a disturbing action, and Trump was jeopardizing U.S. security. What did Trump do? He withdrew the United States from an international gun control treaty. What did the treaty that John Kerry uh, signed get us into? It would restrict civilian possession of firearms only to those quote at the lowest risk of misusing them. Can you imagine how would the government go about assessing that? Are you high risk or low risk? Oh wait, you have a pro-constitution bumper sticker. You have that that coiled snake on the yellow fly. Oh, you're out. The treaty also limited sales and other transfer of firearms only to commercial transactions at licensed, sailed premises. What does that mean? No gun shows. Only persons licensed and periodically re-licensed by the national government could possess firearms. It would remove it from the sheriff. Like in Pennsylvania, the sheriff controls who gets a concealed carry and who doesn't. That would be done away with. This would all be determined by the national government. What else did the treaty do? All firearms must be registered with the national government. All persons wishing to possess a firearm must pass a rigorous exam administered by, guess who? The national government. All firearms must be stored in locked containers, separate from ammunition, and bolted to a heavy or a movable object. This was the treaty that, that the left, that John Kerry signed, got the United States involved with, and Trump just withdrew us from this treaty. Just a few more things that this treaty had in it. Only a predetermined number of firearms and rounds of ammunition may be possessed by a quote, properly licensed civilian. Next. Magazine capacity is limited to 10 rounds. No firearm could be possessed before at least a seven-day waiting period. And listen to this. No civilian could own or possess a firearm for self-defense unless they first demonstrate a clear and convincing need. Do you see that language in the Constitution anywhere? It's not even in a footnote. Individuals licensed to own firearms are subject to periodic and random inspections of their homes and businesses. Wow, so just owning a gun under this treaty would, would allow the government to show up and do periodic random inspections. Say, oh, you are a gun owner? Yeah. Well, we're here just to make sure that you're complying with the law. And we look at this and we say, well, it could never happen here. One, I, don't, I never believe that statement when people say it. But two, should, we, should the United States be entering a treaty that sanctions this kind of behavior in other countries? Should we be signing on to a treaty and saying, you know what, yeah, we're not going to let it happen in the United States, but you know what, in Kenya, yeah, if you need to go into someone's house periodically and check to see if their firearms are there, yeah, go knock yourself out. Now remember... This treaty that was entered into, or this agreement that was entered into by John Kerry, was not ratified by the Senate. And it wasn't ratified because good people like yourselves called your U.S. Senator, you emailed your your U.S. Senator, and you let them know, look, this is unacceptable. And so the Senate never ratified this. But by signing on to it, the federal government represented that it was willing to act consistently with these provisions. And because it wasn't formally withdrawn from, because no subsequent president came in and said, you know what, this is a bad idea. We're going we're gonna to take our name off the list. It basically has the stamp of approval from the United States that, you know what, these provisions are okay. And it may take us a while to get it to our Senate, but that's okay. When we come back, we are going to have Liberty Hills Academy. Their big event is coming up. We're going to have one of their uh, administrators, Tiffany, with us. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after this break.
3: credible, thoughtful discussion. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network. USA Radio
0: News with Tim Berg. Rules governing the possible impeachment of President Donald Trump have been approved by the Democratic-led House Judiciary Committee. Georgia Republican Doug Collins says Democrats are walking down the yellow brick road towards the emerald city of impeachment. We simply took rules that were already existed in committee. There's nothing new here. And we just simply packaged it together so that people would believe it's an impeachment uh, something. U.S. Attorney Jesse Liu has recommended moving forward with charges against Andrew McCabe as the Justice Department rejects a last-ditch appeal from the former top FBI official. McCabe appealed the decision of the U.S. Attorney for Washington all the way up to the Deputy Attorney General, but the department rejected that request. The potential charges relate to the DOJ Inspector General findings against McCabe regarding lying during the Hillary Clinton email investigation. And you're listening to USA Radio News. The stage is set for the Democratic debate in Houston on Thursday night. With a preview, here's USA Radio Network's Chris Barnes from Washington. Ten Democratic White House hopefuls will be debating tonight in Houston. Former VP Joe Biden taking center stage. Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren on either side. And then there will be the seven other hopefuls. Robbie Mook was campaign manager for Hillary Clinton back in 2016. I think everybody has something to steal from each other. Bernie needs to steal people from Warren and biden uh, to stay to, to go on offense and grow biden needs to steal from both of them he was speaking on cbs this morning the ceo of gamestop is defending the company's decision to close up to 200 of its retail stores by the end of the fiscal year george sherman tells cnn business that the gaming industry remains strong but his company needs to adapt for the future streaming games over the internet is becoming more and more popular while physical sales of games is on the decline this is usa radio news
1: Welcome back to the Joe Carey Show right here on K Talk 1640 AM, KYAH, and Coast to Coast on the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening. We have uh, Tiffany. She is back with us, uh, I guess it's T minus 24, for their big event tomorrow night in Bountiful Utah. She is an administrator with the uh, Liberty Hills Academy. Tiffany, thank you for uh, tuning in and joining us.
2: Thank you for having me, Joe.
1: So I have a question. Okay. I am I'm reading an article from the Deseret News, uh, which is a, a, one of the, I guess, the biggest paper here in uh, Utah, and they have a, mm-hmm. um, a great article on your event tomorrow, which is going to be at 6.30 uh, p.m. at 95 North Main Street in Bountiful, Utah, and this is their opening sentence when they talk about your event. A New Testament that came over on the Mayflower in the 1600s and a Bible that was on the Titanic. Are two of the more yeah. than a dozen historical items. So I think that's fascinating that, and I, I didn't think about this until I read the article, that, you know, a Bible comes over on the Mayflower, and you're going to have that at your display tomorrow. But then yeah. you're going to have this Bible that was on the Titanic.
2: I know. It's amazing, isn't
1: it? I'm just trying to think. Your boat is sinking, and you think, what do I take? What do I grab? And somebody says, I'm going to grab this Bible. Have you seen it yet, Tiffany? Like, is it is it a Bible that has been exposed to the elements, or is this?
2: I haven't seen it yet. I'm really excited to see it. And someone asked me yesterday. They said, um, "How is it that uh, Brandon and Charlene collected all these amazing treasures?" And I said, uh, "I don't know. That's why you have to come and ask them." Yeah, <laughs> so Brent, that's our, our big. Just, um, That's our big cliffhanger. You have to come and ask them. So
1: So how is the event shaping up? What does the attendance look like? I I heard uh, that uh, Chris Stewart, uh, Congressman Chris Stewart, he sadly can't make it, but he's sending a representative from his office. What do you expect to happen tomorrow? What should people expect to happen?
2: um, I'm I'm thinking maybe if you... I'm a little bit concerned because we keep hearing people are coming, so I think... You should try and be right on time for the food. <laughs> That's what I think. It's wow. going to be really exciting. I think there's going to be a lot of people here, and it will be um, fun to visit with people who are excited about this kind of thing. So, And then something even more exciting happened this morning. We got a, um, a Facebook message from Brent Ashworth, and he said he's bringing even some more cool things that he hadn't told us about before. So do you want to hear about that?
1: Yeah. What else is he bringing?
2: He's going to bring Joseph and Emma Smith's original 1831 family Bible that contains their handwritten genealogy and um, the 1830 first edition Book of Mormon with Joseph Smith's notes in it and a key to Joseph Smith's store in Nauvoo. Um, Joseph Smith's last uh, Nauvoo Legion order dated three days prior to his martyrdom, and Emma Smith's 1844 administrator's bond for the Prophet Joseph's estate. And the last thing is Brigham Young's only known letter written while leading the Vanguard Company to Utah in 1847. So So let me
1: ask you this: really amazing treasures. You're bringing, you know, these pieces of history from the Mayflower, the Titanic, um, George Washington, um, Mm -hmm. uh, the Prophet Joseph Smith. Why did Liberty Hills Academy think, you know? These are the documents that we want to host and display at our school. Why these particular documents?
2: Well, the three pillars of our school are God, family, country, and we are really trying to restore um, the values from our, found, our founding generation. And, um, Actually, I was looking this morning at a quote from Benjamin Franklin who said, It's only a virtuous people who are capable of freedom. As nations become more corrupt and vicious, they have more need of masters. And... That sure is playing out in our society right now. We need to reverse that, and that's part of what our school is for. It's, it's about the founding fathers wanted to, te- to teach their children character, and when they understood hard work and when they understood um, integrity and honesty, then they could accomplish all of the other things. Um, We believe that a religious education is a very academic education, and um, it's been said that the founding generation was the most educated generation in the history of our country, and, you know, I don't have a study to back that up, but I think you can test it by pulling out the Federalist Papers or reading any play written by Mercy Otis Warren, and Just looking at those things, I promise you, you're going to need a dictionary and a lot more to try and figure out the layers of meanings in those documents.
1: I mean, Tiffany, I just have to say, I mean, of course I know... I know who Marciotis Warren is. I mean, every but just all for right. the sake of the audience, I mean, I'm going to ask Brian Hyde. Brian, is that, I mean, not for me, of course, because I hear Marciotis on, oh, I, co- I mean, who hasn't heard of him and his seminal works, but could you, you just her. provide to her? Yeah, I mean, her. I mean, of course, it's just, you know, that happens all the time. And, you know, she, she was a great patriot and woman and farmer and yeah. candy store. But Brian, can you share with us who she was? No, plain and simple. You don't no? I don't. Oh, Brian, I'm. Uh, this is embarrassing.
2: You guys. Yeah. That Tiffany, makes me, no, no, that, you
1: tif- better, no, no, no. You no, know what? Or,
2: you guys. No, we do. Know. We have Tiffany, open enrollment. We have open enrollment, and the two of you can enroll for this fall. Uh, no, no. This Look, is very. Re- this is very no, disappointing. I, I, have a, Tiffany, I
1: have a poster of uh, Marciota Ois. Uh, you know, in oh, my. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, Just well for the let me tell, who tell you who's. Let, let me tell you who Mercy Otis Warren was. She was a dear, dear friend of Abigail Adams, who was President Adams' wife, and um, she she was so now she's brave. She just condescending she, to it. She, she, Yeah, sorry. She was so brave. She um, hosted the Sons of Liberty in her home, which was you know, a treasonous offense. And she also wrote a lot of pamphlets and plays in support of liberty, some under pseudonyms, but they're brilliant. It was, it was her brother who came up with the phrase, no taxation without representation. So her entire family was really key in um, the Revolutionary War and, and our obtaining our liberty. She is yeah, a and there's founding a lot more mother. That, yeah,
1: there's a lot more that I could yeah. add on to that, but just for the sake of time, right. I'm, just not go, I'm not going <laughs> bur- you know, to bury the audience with details.
2: <laughs> well, like I said, we've got two spots open for our Constitution class.
1: We may have to do it. So needless to say, you do not want us. I, you guys won first place at the Constitution B throughout the state. Public schools, yeah. private schools, just being quizzed on the Constitution. Needless to say, I don't think I should be on that team.
2: Well, you just might need to, to brush up a little
1: bit. A refresher. So tomorrow, yeah, re- uh, Tiffany, 630 in Bountiful. And remember, tomorrow was also the uh, Chalk Art Festival, one of the biggest events that the uh, City of Bountiful hosts. Um, yeah. Just a great time to go out and stroll there, uh, Main Street. Liberty Hills Academy, a beautiful building uh, right there on Main Street. You can come in, check out the uh, display by Brent and Charlene. Great documents, pieces of history. Um, also, uh, dinner, uh, dessert, And uh, check it out for a few minutes. Check it out for an hour or two. And then stroll downtown Bountiful. Take in a beautiful community. And, Tiffany, thank you very much. And if people want more information, where can they go?
2: They can go to our website. It's um, www.LibertyHillsAcademy.org. Or we'd love to have people friend us on Facebook, too. So you can find out all about our school.
1: Brian and I are looking forward. We will both be there tomorrow, and we'll see you tomorrow night.
2: Okay, thanks so much.
1: You know, I didn't want to, because I thought it would be, you know, uh, I didn't want to tell Tiffany I was actually going to go as uh, Otis Warren for Halloween. Her costume is actually coming back. No, I thought that would be... That's tough. Look, like you can't know everybody, right? I mean, but she, she does seem like someone that you should be aware of. I mean, the, the hosting, the, the meetings at her house, next-door neighbors with Abigail Adams. But tomorrow, uh, 6.30, uh, be there bountiful utah the liberty hills academy and uh, we do have uh, a four pack of tickets to give away admission is free but dinner is three dollars a piece we have four tickets to give away give us a call 801-331-8113 801-331-8113 caller number five gets the tickets we'll be back right after this break You know, I'm not a genius about money. I love my credit cards, and they love me. I was using them as a source of income, and then I got behind in my payments, and creditors were calling. I figured I had a problem, and I didn't know how to deal with it. I heard about Trinity, so I called and talked to a counselor. In half an hour, we worked out a plan. Now I've got one easy monthly payment, a lower interest rate, and I'm getting
3: out of debt. If you're in an endless cycle of paying on credit card balances that never seem to Go away. Then get ready for a toll free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity will consolidate your accounts, put a stop to late fees and over limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call 1 800 990 6976. That's 1 800 990 6976. Call 1 800 990 6976. Magazine.com. Just click on the shopping cart. The Loving Liberty Radio Network salutes the spirit of the American West and those who are keeping it alive at Range Magazine. Cut through the smoke and mirrors and see current events through the lens of common sense.
1: Think about how bad things must be at the federal level for your state politicians to say, we're going to hold a constitutional convention and rewrite the Constitution. In the end, there's only two things we need to do. One, take the time to get right with God and just remember to be kind. The Joe Carey
3: Show, weekday afternoons at 12
1: Welcome back to the Joe Carey Show right here on K Talk 1640 AM, KYAH broadcasting throughout uh, Central and Southern Utah and uh, the Loving Liberty Radio Network broadcasting coast to coast. Please visit our podcast page at LovingLiberty.net averaging just under 10,000 downloads a month from people all across the country. Uh, If you can't listen to the show live or you hear an episode you want to share with a friend LovingLiberty.net hit the podcast button and uh, join 10,000 of your friends in uh, sharing our podcast. They just I did a study, I think it was Gallup that did this study, said, you know, coming into the 2020 election, what is the number one issue for you? And I want you to think about that. What is the number one issue when you walk into that booth in 2020, what will you be voting on? It wasn't terrorism, wasn't education, it wasn't the economy. The number one issue that people said that they would be voting on in 2020 health care. Think about that, and I want you to think about the answer. The answer was health care. It wasn't health insurance, and that's a big distinction. And politicians, they love mixing those two terms together, but health care is a lot different than health insurance. To help explain that and explain why health care is at the top of this list for so many Americans is Matt Bellis. He is with Liberty HealthShare. Matt, thank you for taking the time and joining us today.
4: Oh, thanks for having me. We always appreciate being with you.
1: Matt, does that surprise you at all that healthcare care, with everything else that's going on in the the economy and the country, the the majority of Americans are saying the most important issue to me is health care.
4: No, it's not surprising at all, because for many Americans, it's an issue that has never truly been solved. Uh, it's been a constant problem for so many people with high cost dollar health care, uh, people not being able to access health care uh, to the providers that they want to go to, uh, the limits that have been put on Americans. It's no wonder that people are still saying, this is a big issue for me, and I, I do hope Washington pays attention. But I also hope those who are looking at health care as their primary issue start looking at other ways to pay for health care, to access health care, than just the -the run-of-the-mill thing that we've been almost force-fed to say this is the only way to go about it.
1: And, Matt, Liberty HealthShare has a different – and a lot of our audience is familiar with this because you have been a good friend of, of me personally and the show. But Liberty um, HealthShare has a different way of going about uh, providing health care benefits. And it's not – one, it's portable. Two, it is – I cannot stress how, how inexpensive it is compared to typical health insurance. Can you explain your model and how you're able to do what you do?
4: Health HealthShare is a 501c3 nonprofit healthcare care sharing ministry. Uh, it's a group of like-minded men and women who have gathered together around a simple, common, basic principle that during times that are unexpected and unaffordable, the, is going to help pay for your health care bills. Now, that sounds almost revolutionary in a world where uh, we're so used to this third-party insurance mindset, uh, but it's something that you would normally do in your everyday life whenever you had a situation that you didn't know how to pay for. It would be your family. It would be your uh, neighbors. It would be your community that you would turn to in times of need. Liberty HealthShare does it in a very systematic easy approach, where every single month, all of our members send in what we call a share amount. An amount of money that they pay, that money doesn't go to Liberty HealthShare. It goes to another member who has a need. Uh, so we collect what the needs are for, the, uh, for that month. We collect the share amounts that are coming in. We line those up, and then we pay the doctors and hospitals. It's a very simple, very easy, understandable issue or process uh, but it's almost revolutionary in this world that we live in, uh, because we're so used to this restrictive, high-dollar, high-cost uh, health insurance system uh, that has almost become untenable for people, unto the point that even almost 10 years after we have started the debate on health care, it's still not a solved issue. And so Liberty Health is out there trying to solve that issue for people, uh, it's a system that works for Uh, hundreds of thousands of people, and I'm sure that it's a system that can work for many people here.
1: I have to tell you, I I can't tell you the number of uh, people in in my circle. You know, they're typically entrepreneurs. You know, they go out part of the gig economy, and they need health care, and they go to an insurance company. They'll go to the affordable health care page, and they simply cannot afford the policies that are listed, even if they're listed as, you know, their copper level, right, their most basic coverage, their most basic level, because even if you can afford the premium, you might have to spend $12,000 out of pocket before you see dollar number one in benefit. And I, I think that's why health care is at the top of the list of people's concerns. When you talk about this, uh, what we're,
4: problem-
1: oh, go ahead, go ahead.
4: Well, what I was going to say is it's not uncommon to hear that type of story come out of of people who are out there looking for a way to pay for health care. And that's primarily one of the reasons that motivated us to start this as a health care sharing ministry, because we find it to be almost... frankly, immoral <laughs> uh, to uh, set a bar so high that people can't afford it that they almost wonder why do they have it to begin with? Uh, why would they pay into a system that they're never able going to, or are never going to able to see the benefit of paying into that? Uh, and part of Liberty Health Share is the fact that we want to make this available and affordable to as many people as possible. And so those are the, the motivating factors driving us uh, to really change this whole healthcare world around.
1: Matt, I want to thank you for taking the time to join us. It is always a pleasure talking to you, a company that truly stands for personal responsibility, uh, uh, this sense of a spiritual family that we're all joined together, and uh, we need to watch out for each other. Thank you so much for joining
4: us today. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Please visit LibertyHealthShare.org. That's LibertyHealthShare.org. It is a health uh, cost-sharing nonprofit. And when you go there, it's, it's laid out really easy for you to digest and understand. And your health share, you know, the amount that your family has to pay in every month, it's explained right there. It's not buried under a ton of paperwork or fine print. You look, and this is what you'll pay. And then you're waiting. Like, you're looking and say, well, okay, where are the rest of the questions at? Like, where are the next 90 forms that I have to fill out and, and answer? No. As Matt said, they want you to qualify. They want you to get that insurance. They want you to be part of their family. LibertyHealthShare.org. Visit the site. And uh, it's it's. Healthcare done differently, and it's done correctly. You know, we only have a a few minutes left, and uh, there's a lot in the news that I want to cover. Um, We talk about technology a lot and how it's coming and how a lot of times, you know, if you're in a white-collar job or um, you're in a profession, you think, well, you know, technology's never going to displace me. You know, it, it can't do what I'm doing. And then you read, you know, Amazon's looking for to buy out some of their uh, packers, right? People that when you do the order, they pack the stuff in the box. And four or five years ago, the packers were saying, oh, technology will never replace us because it's too difficult. You know, all the items are different sizes. They're different weights. And having to put them in the box so they don't get crushed. A machine can never do this. Amazon just announced they're looking to buy out a percentage of their packers because they want to bring in robots, and I forget what it was, but like the robots can pack like 27% uh, times faster. And I think that just means hour for hour. I don't think that means, oh, well, robots don't take breaks. No, I mean, that's, that's excluding the fact that robots will be working 24-7 with no breaks. So it's coming. And that's a good thing. It's a bad thing. It, it's, it's a terrifying thing. And there's a new video, uh, Aeroflot, which is the airline for, uh, for Russia. The plane is getting ready to land, and it's struck by lightning. And apparently that happens a lot. Well, when this lightning struck the, the uh, passenger commercial airliner, it knocked out the autopilot. Knocked it out. So the pilot then had to rely on what? What? His skills, his training, his experience to land this plane. The plane wasn't broken, the wing wasn't damaged, the the controls were responsive. The only thing knocked out was the autopilot. He had a, a fully functioning plane. One problem apparently, according to some of the reports coming out, the pilot had never landed a plane without the assistance of the autopilot think about that so when you watch this video it's a tragic video because you watch this plane coming down
3: timely credible thoughtful discussion this is the loving liberty radio network